la casa de la bomba. Okay, we are with Matthias Christensen today, and um, hello, Matthias, welcome to. Hello, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I met you the first time that I met you. It was, I think, because we played um, in a gig together. Uh, you were playing with Suter. I I was playing with Las Perros Locos, uh, there in Chirseberi. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, that day you were playing with them, with the, your band, but uh, today I wanted to focus on your project Noise Against Fascism. Mm -hmm. So please could you tell us a little bit, um, when did you started with this project and what it is all about? Yes, um, <clears throat> I will be a bit closer to the mic. That's perfect. Um, it started around 2014. Um, I'm, I'm a, a trained artist uh, from the Art Academy here in Malmö. And I, but I, I, I have my you know, past in the punk scene from the 90s and that kind of stuff. And I've always been, been like interested in, in uh, all types of experimental and kind of extreme music. And then uh, and I, uh, after my graduation from the Art Academy, I was uh, working mostly with like fine arts and and uh, images um, and uh, was doing quite successful in that and then it came to a point where I kind of lost motivation in in uh, in that scene mostly not with the work but with the scene of being in this like high culture uh, rooms spaces um, Why? They, Why? What yeah, the... but this was also the same time as the Swedish Democrats, the neo-fascists of Sweden came into, started to get power, mm -hmm. they started to get parliamentary power. And I was like so much like um, uh, kind of shocked by it, but also going into uh, uh, like revising myself and what, what am I doing? What kind of worlds are I'm involved in? And I, I considered those worlds being or my part of the fine art culture was so, it's so white, it's so like middle and upper class. Um, and, and that made me kind of lose motivation in a way. I didn't want to be part of that kind of, um, how should I say, like that kind of discussion anymore. And then it started off as me trying to like, I have to do something like, like go back to the streets, you know, go back to like, you know, where it was. And there were so many demonstrations against the uh, Swedish Democrats. Uh, and and it, it struck me that there was so much noise against Sw the Swedish Democrats. If you remember the demonstrations, it was like a lot of like rattling with keys, like disturbing their, okay. you know, their, their, um, uh, their rallies in a way. Um, so then I thought like, okay, then I can do, I've been working a bit with noise before, mostly in a, in a very hobby kind of way and, and being more interested in listening to it. So I built this machine, which was like a portable machine that I could do feedback with. And I joined those demonstrations. Wow. <laughs> um, Uh, and uh, it wasn't very, I don't know, it wasn't very successful. It was like, it's, it's more... Uh, I don't know. It was too much technology <laughs> to take, <laughs> take into consideration in there. Um, but then it became more... I started to do music under that name. And I got rid of the machine and started to work with like these machines that I have here now. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of based on the same 
principles of feedback. Like the, 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 the thing I had with me in demonstrations was kind of a, a stereo boombox and I did feedback with microphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started to make more music, you know, and, and I was uh, also decided uh, to, to take it more seriously of finding my setup that I was comfortable with and actually practice it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder how did people react to this that you do in the demonstrations? Not very much. It, <laughs> it wasn't loud enough. <laughs> so the, the, most people didn't hear anything. And then I went on like, you know, like leftist demonstrations, like first of May and that kind of stuff. And then people were just like, ah, there are no fascists here. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, you know, and then I started to. And it 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 is it it was actually not loud enough either. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that big of sound system with me, so then I I could make it even more loud in the studio, you know, and that that was fun. Okay, you mentioned before that you come with uh, from this background of uh, punk uh, here in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, I was like, you know, I've been, uh, since a kid, I've always been playing music and uh, I came into the punk scene. First time I heard Sex Pistols, I was amazed. <laughs> I wanted to be the same. Um, and then I was, I formed a band when I was in, uh, what is it, in English, gymnasium school? Or, uh, um, high school. Yeah, high school, kind of. So I started a band and uh, one of my bandmates is actually in Suture now, which I'm still playing with. So we've been playing together for the, many, many years. Wow. <laughs> That band, what was it called? That band was called, first we were called Ola Tuggar Elstengsel. Okay. Uh, which is Ola is chewing electric fence. <laughs> and then we thought it was too much of a trallpunk, like a pop punk. So mm-hmm. then we wanted to be more crust and we uh, started to call it uh, um, Red Rum Incorporated. Okay. Do you think, um, think this was in Malmö? Yeah. Okay. Do you think that the, how much has it changed the scene from back in the days to nowadays? Would you recognize it? Quite quite a lot it, uh, it has changed. I, I've been away for it for a long time. I, uh, like when me g- getting interested in other stuff and being quite bored with the punk scene. And uh, and then I joined back and went to... Uh, first time I went to Einschwift that I didn't know anyone, you know. Um, the wonderful Wellington was the first person that embraced me with... He was like, hi, who are you? <laughs> He's such a nice guy. <laughs> He's really nice Very welcoming, guy. yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and how has it changed? There is a, it's less macho. Uh, it was quite macho in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't say less drinking, but maybe it's not drinking in the same sense. I thought like not, not that much like, you know, being this macho drunk guy all the time. Okay. Um, and also people are way better at playing music <laughs> than they were in the 90s. First times I saw a, a, like a punk band playing, I don't remember who it was, but it must have been like, you know, maybe Crutches or something. I was like, wow, these guys can play. Like, this is cra- crazy. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so that, that, that's, that would be the main difference. And also the queer movement. I think the queer movement have, has changed a lot. There wasn't a, a big queer movement in the 90s. 
So they're like the, the militant anarchists in, in Malmö is more represented from the queer point of view. Mm-hmm. And from that also like feminism and, and uh, like anti-macho macho mm-hmm. ideals are uh, gone. Okay. Way, which I think is nice. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Coming back to your music. Yep. Um, do you have a favorite uh, song or a favorite um, recording that you have made? That I have made. Yes, with this oh, project. Wow. Oh wow! There is, um, I'm quite quite happy with the latest release actually, which is uh, from uh, in a British tape label called Brushligen Tapes, and the release is called Hand Fist. I'm quite happy with that one, uh, because it was a bit of a shift in how I worked. Is it's a bit more, um, at least one of the tracks is a bit more. Um, how should I say? Subtle, not not that full on power, you know. Okay. Um, and yeah. I was going to ask you about these uh, Bratlingen tapes. Yeah. Um, I checked uh, their Bandcamp and I saw that uh, you have a cassette actually there. Mm-hmm. It's a tape. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you release this tape like physically? Yeah. Oh, that's super great. And uh, what this is label about? How did you connect it with them? They contacted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they contacted me and and uh, and asked if I wanted to do a release, and I was like, yes, of course, I want to do. And it was a really nice collaboration with them. Um, a, a lot of a lot of the scene of the harsh harsh noise scene is often. Uh, how should I say it? Like I'm a sound geek. I really love like nice sound. I'm I I want like good sound, even though the sounds can be quite uh, intense and and ugly if you want to say so but i i um and and thus there is a lot of uh, in the noise scene that that uh, is more interested in different other aspects of the noise music which is uh, that it goes really fast that it goes really like you produce stuff really really fast and you um not really concerned about that it should be like a, um how should I explain this in English? Um, not really concerned about sound, like the sound quality of mm-hmm. it, and that's not really me. I'm I'm I I I'm quite slow in producing stuff when it's when it's about to be released, and I'm really listened to it a lot a lot of times and really evaluate and want it to be, uh, you know, as producing whatever classical piece, electronic piece, whatever. You know, I have the same kind of. Um, approach to it. Um, oh. What's your approach? Because today I'm here in your studio and I see that uh, you have uh, here some machines, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of cables, some screens, and I wanted to ask you how do you proceed uh, usually to make your music? I, uh, what I do is I have my setup uh, and the setup is with analog stuff. It's based around no input mixer, which is a mixer table that you connect with outputs into inputs and it creates feedbacks within the machine and then I have a lot of different stuff that goes around that that is feedbacked within itself and then goes back into the feedback mixer and uh, you know a lot of different circles going in and forth and that I have spent a lot of time to actually practice that instrument if you want to say to be there is never amount of, of full control but I try to achieve as much control as I can. Um, 
So when I rehearse or work, I, I just play with that. And I almost all the time record what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I select kind of stuff that I want to keep and release. And When you start creating this, do you always have, uh, like, do you envision something more or less specific when you start that you want to achieve? Yeah, it's different. Sometimes, like... If I rehearse for a gig, then it's just a matter of getting the equipment to work and meet. It's always improvised when I play live. So I try to be, you know, feel comfortable that I have in control of this instrument mm-hmm. or as much control as I can mm-hmm. have. Um, but when I, if I want to release something, I often try to have some kind of loose concept around it because otherwise i i need to have some frames to go th- to to be within you know otherwise i could do whatever and mm-hmm. that's too much <laughs> uh, so uh so i i try to have some and uh, often i i it could be really loose stuff that you can't really see in the release afterwards but it could be a text that i've been ri- listening to my first full length is called uh, fuck off piss off go to hell eat shit die <laughs> <laughs> and that was us actually a phrase um that came into we, me when i was uh, i was doing a solidar- i was part of a solidarity demonstration of trying to uh, um, end uh, deportation and there was a, a bunch of nazis coming and doing some kind of they were saying celebrating that they were actually deported And the only thing that came to my head when I saw these Nazis was fuck off, piss off, go to hell, eat shit, die. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's that will be my next release. And I had the title of each track. So it's five tra- tracks. And then, yeah. Uh, now that you mentioned the Nazis, how do you see Sweden nowadays? Um, because with their, I mean, with the results of the last elections, one could say that, that uh, the Nazis have yeah. some amount of power here. Yeah, they have most power here <laughs> even though they're not uh, having uh, posts of of ministry posts but uh, it's horrible it's uh, completely horrible and it's going worse and worse every day and i don't think we've seen the worst parts yet in a long run uh, like historically we can see that the fascists have never won in long terms but in short terms it will be way worse before it gets better i think Why do you think this trend is happening? Because of uh, social democracy has failed uh, totally. It will. It's been social democracy is so. Um, we've been lying. The Swedish community has been lying so much about the uh, racism that is inherent in our history and in our present, um, and it has has had this aura of like socialism but it's always been socialing socialism through the social democracy and that is a very reformist way type of socialism which i don't believe in and apparently it's you know it's really bad um uh, and i think like a lot of a lot of working class people and a lot of people have been have been feeling betrayed by the social democrat democrats um so and then also the social democrats are the one that has implemented the neoliberalism in sweden and we're quite late with getting like full-on neoliberalism compared to some other parts of the world 
And that's what neoliberalism does. It divides people and it fucks up everything. <laughs> so, and then, you know, when people get poor and angry, then they want to uh, put the blame on someone and then the fascists come and have an easy solution to problems, you know. Yeah. So that's, why, that's what I think kind of happens in Sweden now. Yeah, makes sense. Um, it's obvious that you are interested in politics and, uh, of course, with this project, uh, with its name. But would you say that with other of your musical projects is kind of the same, that you put some politics into it always? I don't know. It's a... Yeah, of course, that's that's who I am. You mm -hmm. know, like, I... I, I But it's also, I, I think it's actually both ways, which is funny. Like when I started choosing this name, um, there are some parts in the underground extreme music world that is like kind of flirting with fascism, you know, like especially in like electronic music, they are flirting with aesthetics, you know, flirting with the extreme. And then it comes to flirting with, yeah, you come to flirt with symbols and clothes and all that kind of stuff. And uh -huh. then... And that wanted that was for me to to make a very clear point that this is this is extreme music, but um, I'm uh, when it comes to that is the the statement that I would never give up, you know, and and don't invite me <laughs> to those uh, to those like uh, kind of. Um, Uh, events where 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 you don't where you call yourself like apolitical. I don't. I think it's such a stupid thing to call yourself because what is apolitical, you know? But then it also like I've always had these ideas. I've never been very active, like in the nineties in a way. Yeah, of course. But um, and it's also has thought me that when I go and play somewhere, people are. Especially in the beginning, they were like, okay, okay, here is this hardcore anarchist coming. And I didn't see myself as a hardcore anarchist. And I was like, people were treating me like, yeah, but you are this hardcore anarchist. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, but this is not a fucking joke. You know, like if I say these things, I have to, you know, uh, walk the walk as well. Not mm. only talk the talk, which has also encouraged me of actually taking responsibility for it. Because it's not it's not symbols that you can throw around. You have to actually like take take responsibility for it, which is good. Um, and it has led me, or not the music, but it, like during these times, I've also been more active in organizing myself and trying to you know do other th stuff than music. So is that a question? Yeah, suture. Suture is not very, you know, we're not outspoken political like that. Our lyrics are not political, but of course we are. We're all, you know, we're all political people and we have our views and we say no to gigs that are completely fucked up, you know, and we have our standards. And I think that's that's how we live life in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, what about the specific music that you do with this project because it's harsh noise um, how, is, how is one supposed to experience this kind of music live, always live mm -hmm. <laughs> because the, the aspect like volume is such a big aspect of it like, okay. so you, according to me you need a really big sound system and you re need to listen to it on on full volume because it has to be felt in your body. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to, it's not only about the ears, it's the whole body. And that's what I'm trying to achieve all the time of, like I'm, I'm 
as I said before, I'm a sound geek, so like I have full respect of other artists that is like doing really stuff that is only exploding your ears. But when it comes to me, I I want to have it doesn't have to be like this crazy loud, because if you have a good sound system, then you get the sensation in your body without your ears getting to explode, you know, or mm -hmm, bleed, mm -hmm. and you get this feeling of getting like overwhelmed completely knocked off by sound and mm -hmm. that's what I want to achieve and it is you know it, it, for me it is still in the terms of, of um, in in art you know like that's that's the kind of arts that I like that you get that you get to um, embrace with all your senses not only the eyes or ears it's like the whole you know I getting completely like fucking overwhelmed by it and not being able to <laughs> resist. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, yeah, sounds mm. appealing. Like uh, always the f this feeling of the, for example, the bass uh, yeah, in your exactly. guts, yeah. this is. Yeah. And there are so many times that I've been, I've been, I've been taking friends that are not into this music. And uh, uh, for instance, Matsbo, this wonderful Japanese artist that was playing in Copenhagen, Copenhagen and I, brought a friend and she's not at all into noise music she was like yeah yeah we can do it it's fun and then when he started playing it was so fucking loud so fucking like you know in your face and she just left <laughs> and i was like okay she didn't like it she left and then after the show she was in the back and she was like oh my god i couldn't stand up it was so intense and this was the most beautiful experience i've had in my life and i was like so so i i was wrong like she was really affected by it okay. you know and not uh, and not only with with ears but with yeah. this whole thing yeah do you wear earplugs when you go to these kind of geeks i try to but i'm it's difficult <laughs> <laughs> what can you tell about super nice in Copenhagen that I think this is what you recently mentioned about Sorry. Copenhagen the, this festival was called super noise or yeah, something yeah, like that yeah. how was it uh, what's it your experience fun. of it yeah. one of my first uh, gigs was actually at super noise in Aarhus it started with a group of people there called the Jyske Horse Noise Mafia wonderful people That is a crew in in Aarhus. There, I found them on SoundCloud, I suppose, and they were also anarchists and going into politics with their music. And they had a festival that was one week, a whole week every day, with so many artists uh, every day. And I was invited to play as well, and that was one of the first times that I was like, "Whoa, this scene is wonderful!" And it was all the spectras of experimental music, from like total like fluxus anti music to like really harsh and industrial and that kind of stuff. And it was really really nice. Okay. And now they did it again in uh, in Copenhagen, uh, and it was uh, also after the pandemic wonderful to see all your friends and first time we could meet. Again. Okay. Um, what about the uh, dreads quiver? Um, ah, yeah. What is this? What can you do? This is uh, Dave Proctor. Dave Proctor is uh, he's uh, from Leeds in England, and I met him or I heard of him the first time at the this super noise in Aarhus many mm -hmm. long time ago, and at that time he was doing a PhD on Scandinavian noise. So he was uh, connected to a university in England, I don't know where, Leeds maybe, um, and uh, was doing a writing uh, 
uh, a PhD about Scandinavian noise. And he contacted everyone that was part of this festival to be able to interview them for his project. Uh, and then we started talking and then we met, uh, some other time we met and started to doing gigs together. Uh, and he uh, he uh, is really likes Scandinavia and fucking hates Britain, especially <laughs> with Brexit and all that stuff. So, yeah. so he moved away from there and now he lives in Värmland in uh, Sweden. Um, and now he uh, recently he started his label as well, Dret Skiva. Do you know what it means? No. Dret in Norwegian is shit. Okay, so I had no idea. Sh- shit records. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you have uh, something um, um, released there at yeah. uh, his uh, band camp? Yeah. Oh, that's also a release I like. It's with a sample of... Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tamika Mallory. Uh, that I did a sample of. She was an uh, activist during the BLM movement in America. Okay. Uh, or USA, not America. Um, and she was, um, uh, I sampled a part of her speech wow. and made a noise song out of it. Okay, super nice. Yeah. Um, we are here in the studio uh, in Nora Grengersker, but you uh, <laughs> <just> say it. <laughs> Nora Grengersbergsgatan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I find quite funny that uh, a lot of the bands uh, that are active in Malmö are rehearsing here mm-hmm. in, the, in this same space um how do you feel as a part of this scene H- how is it to um, to be a part of malmö's scene nowadays is it something do you feel like um community or not so much i in a way i do it's the, like the punk community we have to talk about because it's 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 a shame that many punks don't really like noise music Many punks like if they if it's not a D beat or uh, they they it's like oh it's not music you know <laughs> <laughs> but of course some people are are more open to it than others and I think a sh- unfortunately after Enfield um, closed down and kind of also with the pandemic mm. it's it's not that much of a of a community anymore unfortunately it has been kind of sp- split up you know. Mm. Uh, which is a shame. I miss it a lot, and I miss Enshifted a lot. Um, um, but if we we know the movement, and it will, you know, rise again. Yeah. <laughs> they, eventually, someone will find a new space, and then we will meet again. You know, mm-hmm. all of us, and there will be, of course, new people as well. There is a. I've been seeing after the pandemic, there are many like really young people that is really really active and really amazing artists as well. You know, which is fun. And that's that's what I like with the punk movement that it's evolving so fast, you know. It's, yeah, it's nice. I'm curious, what's your payday job like? What do you do for a living? I work at the art academy uh, nowadays. I work as a technician there, so I I'm kind of hired of uh, taking care of the wood workshop, and I help the students in the wood workshop, and I also have responsibility for the galleries where the students do their Uh, examination exhibitions uh, but then because I'm working with sound as well as an artist like students have heard about that and they're asking me about sound stuff as well which is 
really, really fun. Yeah, sounds super fun. Yeah. Tell me about your um, future projects. I saw that uh, you are thinking about doing a tour in Switzerland and Germany mm -hmm. next year. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, that, that was also amazing um, that uh, there was a guy in Brussels, uh, Alain Boll, uh, that uh, he emailed me. I didn't know who he was. He emailed me and he said he's been booking shows since the 80s. And he asked if he could book me some shows. And I was like, yeah, of course you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me two shows, one in Geneva and one in Köln. And uh, I want to try to, uh, I can be away from my, my day job for 10 days. So I'm trying to get more gigs uh, and have some kind of, uh, yeah, small tour for a week. In May, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, in May. Ah, that's so the first gig, as it is now, the first gig is 21st of May at Cape 12 okay. in Geneva. Okay. And uh, you also are playing in kind of more artistic places. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any um, future gigs that you can tell us about? Uh, not with Noise Against fascism, fascism as it is now. We, I was um, helping um, uh, organizing a small gig this weekend, actually in a friend of mine his studio mm -hmm. um, but that was kind of I was kind of under the name of noise against fascism I was playing as well but I, I, I decided not to do a harsh noise performance I was instead performing a young cage piece you oh, know this uh, what is this no young cage is a old uh, American composer uh, more into uh, He did a silent piece, of course. I think you heard about this, this 4.33. It's four minutes and 33 seconds long. Okay. And it's all with silence. Uh-huh. Wow. He's a very, like, intellectual and, you know, like this, uh, yeah, very, uh, when it comes to art music, he's been very influential of, like, thinking about, like, that silence and noises is also... Uh, just as big of a part of music as sound is you know okay. like that every, everything can be sound so i i performed a lecture that he wrote in 59 uh it's called lecture on nothing okay um <laughs> and it's written as a kind of as a score so you there is clear instructions of how to read it and then it becomes kind of a a, a music piece aha uh -huh. um, super interesting yeah If we think about the this, the history of what you do, um, would you recommend us some other, um, I don't know if call them performers or what, but would you have any recommendations? Oh, yeah. Uh, Matsbo, of course. He's a really big influence to me. Matsbo, the Japanese. Okay. Um, and... And then I, I, it's really hard for me. He is one of the, the like main figures for me because I think, I, I guess his approach to his music is also as music and not as anti-music as many people are in this scene. Um, and it's his stuff I could actually listen to at home, you know, like in, in earphones. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there, I'm, there are so many people that I truly admire in this scene. Um, uh, the whole Japanese scene where there are uh, Masonna, 
Keje Heino. Um, uh, yeah, it's so difficult to say names. It's, to me, I think about it more as a as a community, a worldwide community, and I see different parts of it. You know, there are like what I like so much about noise music is that it's also you can you can come to it from from different fields. Like there are the the punks and rock musicians that come on, come into it. There is also like really classically trained people that come into it, mm -hmm. like Maya Ratke in Norway. Uh, she's a opera singer from the beginning, and she like came into noise music and okay. is wonderful artist as well, using her voice and electronics. Um, and then there are jazz people coming into it, like from Peter Brotsman's point of view, like uh -huh. this improv improvisational. Uh, so so it's it, I think about it more as a as a community of people, not not that much of like different artists. In yeah, a way. yeah, yeah. I love that. And also with with of that the best way of of listening to it is live. So it does you know like it's mm. so. Mm. I can't say that I listen to it a lot. Otherwise, I sit here in my in my rehearsal space and listen to stuff because here I can crank up the volume as well. Yeah. I don't have neighbors that mm -hmm. know it, and I have good equipment, so it's good sound. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah, listen yeah. To. I can tell that. Yeah. Um, if you, um, because I want to make this snowball effect to interview more and more interesting people. Mm -hmm. um, could you recommend me someone or some project, some people uh, in Malmö um, that are doing some countercultural stuff. Um, who do you think I should interview next? Oh, wow. In Malmö? Yeah, and no matter the style. Mm, no matter the style. I would say maybe Helena Joben would be interesting. Okay. Who's she? She's also a, a trained artist and doing a lot of sound work, different kinds of sound work. She's doing quite good stuff. Okay, that's brilliant. So let's uh, wrap up, if you will. Uh, it's it's <laughs> something. Uh, there, is there something that you would like to tell us uh, that uh, I haven't asked you? Uh, no. I'm really, I'm really glad that you wanted to interview me. It's I'm really glad that uh, you gave me your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Has entrado en la casa de la bomba todos los jueves de 7 a 8 en radioela.org.